Welcome to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange. I am your host and your original retail career girl. I'm here to unlock the secret universe of fashion and beauty career success on the shop floor and beyond. With a global net worth of US $24 trillion, the retail industry is a thriving one. I am a fashion career retailer and recruitment expert who champions professionals to wave their retail and fashion career flag proudly. Join us as we drop a new podcast talking all things career and interviewing some of the most prominent, inspiring and epic retail and fashion guests in Australia. Tune in. Hello, welcome back. I hope everyone is having a great week. What's happening this week? Well, Sydney reopened last week. Melbourne is reopening this week. It's so exciting. Um, And, you know, for me, I am still based here in New Zealand, but that's okay. We're still loving our lives and um, feeling really good. I'm really excited for everyone to tune in to this week's episode. I have the amazing Jamie Simiclis, who is the Group Recruitment Manager at the Accent Group. Now, of course, you've all heard of the Accent Group. Uh, you know, they've opened something like 150 stores in the last year, which during COVID is pretty impressive. They have a huge number of brands. Um, they have Style Runner, you know, the amazing Exe Studio. We actually had Christina Exe on earlier in the year um, telling us all about how she started her own brand. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely jump back and have a listen because some amazing um, you know, insights and gosh, what she's achieved. So, so impressive. But today we do have the group recruitment manager, Jamie. She looks after a really big team and you're going to hear during our chat just how much she looks after, you know, the volume. And I thought it would have been a really great insight for everyone to understand how to interact with internal HR and recruitment teams. You know, just how much work have they got going on and, you know, what do you need to be mindful of when you're interacting with them or how can you have a strategic approach around your interactions to get what you need? Um, we talk all about obviously her career journey. You want to hear this one because it is so, so impressive. Um, I don't think I've met someone who has really centered their entire career more around retail recruitment than Jamie. Um, she tells us a little bit about what a day looks like for her. So if you're someone who's thinking about an internal recruitment career or an agency recruitment career, then this could be something that you'd like to tune into because she gives you a bit of insight into what a week and a day looks like for her and her team. Um, she also gives insight if you're a hiring manager, but you don't have an internal HR recruitment team. She gives us some insights on how to attract the right talent. And she also lets us know, based on her experience and the trends that she's seen within recruitment and employment, what she thinks are going to be the big job creators moving forward. And she also gives us some insight from her personally around, you know, should you reach out to a recruitment manager on LinkedIn? What's the right way to go about it? Is there a resume that she loves? Um, And how do you follow up after your interview? Do tune in. Jamie is super approachable and so inspiring. I can't wait to hear what you think and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries, no worries. So um, let's uh, give people a bit of an overview. Tell us a little bit about your role and where you're working at the moment. 
Yeah, I am currently the group recruitment manager at Accent Group and yeah. we are a multi-branded business across Australia and New Zealand. We've got about, I think, 19 brands and counting. I keep losing count. Um, <laughs> 640 stores and by next week it'll probably be 650 uh, so lots of brand and lots of stores at the moment that's awesome that's so cool and just for context because I just actually feel like no one really gets this like what where did it sit when you joined the brand like last year or the start of last year like where did that count kind of sit yeah when I joined we were about just over 500 stores so we yeah. opened yeah, upwards of 120 stores during my time. And that's around, what, 15 months so far that I've been in the business. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's that's insane. Just for <laughs> anyone who doesn't work in recruitment, that's insane um, and amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background because you've got such an interesting career story. Um, you've obviously always worked with retail brands. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up working in recruitment. Yeah, so I've always been in retail. I think I've, I've started on the shop floor as a casual, you know, back yeah. in Maya um, many, many, many years ago. So I, I'm not, I've always been in the retail industry and the fast-paced nature of it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, when I was studying at uni, I studied psychology, uh, but in my final year and when I was working casually at Maya, I just had this, I, I guess, interest in you know, organisational development um, and behaviour and thinking yeah. of HR as a potential um, career. Mm. And I thought, how can I get into HR? And graduate programs were so out of reach. I mean, you yeah. needed to have experience and you needed a HR degree and I had psychology, which is definitely, um, you know, aligned in terms yeah. of skills, but graduate programs are almost impossible to get into. So I was lucky to actually get into uh, working at the head office for Maya okay. with their HR team for Victoria. And at the time we were opening um, the new Maya Fountain Gate store and there was a lot of recruitment. So I basically went in to help with recruitment for Maya Fountain Gate and I think we hired about 400 people for that store. Wow. And then I <laughs> It was so fun and amazing and this is me just out from the shop floor as a casual taking it all in and being like, oh, my God, this is HR, this is so fun, recruitment, yeah. give it to me, throw it to me. I want to talk to candidates. Um, I, you know, when you talk to customers, it's the same as talking to candidates. It's just obviously you're talking about a job opportunity whereas with customer you're selling a product. But, you know, yeah, selling yeah. a job is very much the same and aligned. So, I absolutely loved it and I didn't want to go back to store. I wanted to stay in with the team and work in HR and, and start my career. And I was really lucky I ended up getting a, a HR coordinator role. Yeah, cool. Amazing. And then it just kind of all went from there? Yeah, it just uh, all went from there. I mean, Maya's HR team was so big and back in that, you know, in those days, Maya was, was the mecca. I mean, the yeah. place to be and, and, you know, really cemented my career and, my foundation um, yeah. of learning. So I got a really generalist uh, background. We, yeah. you know, obviously did training and development. Um, we did recruitment. We did safety, um, everything, performance management. So I was really lucky that I got to dip into all different areas of HR, but I yeah. loved the recruitment side. Um, <laughs> 
there's always a preference, you know, when you've got tasks, yeah. you, you know, you kind of leave the ones that you don't enjoy much up to the bottom. Performance yeah. and, and those discussions were falling at the bottom, <laughs> whereas I would jump on in the morning and I want to jump into recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because I noticed there was quite a few roles that you've had in your background that have had that blend or and then you've it looks like a pattern's emerged where you've really got into recruitment. So, you know, that wasn't... Um, was that opportunistic or was that planned or, you know, did you fall into it? Yeah, I think I fell into it. I mean, yeah. you don't really think of recruitment as a career, I find. Yeah. You kind of just fall into recruitment. Um, and a lot of people that I talk to who work in recruitment will probably, you know, think the same or say the same. It's not, mm. you know, when you're at uni, they don't talk to you about becoming a recruiter. Or no. Anything. <laughs> no, that's true. Yes. Yeah, very true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what does a day or a week look like for you and your team? And I know, I know you're going to tell me every day is different because I know that it is every day is different. But yeah, like give us a bit yeah. of the context of what your week looks like. Like how many roles do you recruit as a team, like at any one point? Oh, wow. This is an awesome question. Yeah, no two days are the same. For us, we're in our peak at the moment and you know we call it our super bowl or our grand final because we're going into <laughs> peak season so yeah. we've got right now you know one and a half thousand roles that we're recruiting across the whole business and that includes you know from sales assistants on the shop floor managers up to you know senior roles within our support office teams oh my gosh okay and how many are in your team we have uh, eight, but we were lucky to get an additional four assistants to support us. So we're currently sitting at 12 and it's great yeah. to get that additional support, especially for the you know Christmas peak recruitment that we're doing right now. Oh, my gosh. But for context, assistants definitely wouldn't be doing the same level of work or the same, uh, I suppose, comprehensive work as like a talent acquisition specialist, right? So just... For to break that down, you're talking like over 100 roles per person, yeah? Yeah. Well, my team, the way it's broken up, we have retail recruitment partners and they look mm -hmm. up uh, uh, specific portfolios that are, are state-specific. So they'll okay. oversee, for example, New South Wales, ACT and New Zealand. We've got a dedicated mm -hmm. recruitment partner in my team who oversees those across yeah. all brands. Okay. The same for Victoria, Tasmania, We've got yeah. a dedicated recruitment partner. So at any time, I mean, right now they've got about, you know, 30 to 35 management roles between them, but then yeah. obviously we've got the sales assistants because of Christmas coming up on top of that. The wow. assistants support with the screening of sales assistant roles, coordinating group interviews, a lot of yeah. Zoom interviews at the moment because we're yes. in lockdown. <laughs> so the admin is a lot, yeah. 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 So actually, just pinning that, have you been into the office like for an extended period of time since you joined? I've probably spent all up, if we're total days, maybe 20 days in the office since I started. And how many of your team, because you've grown your team since you started, how many of your team have you, have you, is there anyone you haven't actually met in person yet? No, we've actually, we were lucky. We um we got, you know, our last two recruitment partners right before lockdown six happened. Oh, so we okay. spent a couple of weeks in the office, which was great to induct and onboard them. And then off we went at home. But I did recruit my team virtually. Everyone started virtually. 
basically. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, you know, just like training people, onboarding them, all of that virtually, like that is such a challenge. Huge. Yeah. And that's what I'm really mindful of in, in an environment like this. It's yeah. a lot of people, it, mentally it, it's hard because you can't go anywhere. You can't see your friends. You can't see your family, but you're expected to be on. And in recruitment, every minute counts. Every mm. counts. It's game day every single day because you're just chasing the clock because you need to find the best person for the role as fast mm. as you can. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, but it takes so much work in the back end to do that. And yeah. if you're starting a new role remotely, you really quickly need to hit the ground running. But at mm. the same time, I'm I'm mindful that I need to make sure I'm supporting my team as well. Mm. We are moving so fast that yeah. it's it's hard to keep up. And then trying to understand the business remotely and, and build those relationships can be a challenge because it's so much easier when you're talking to someone face-to-face. Yes, but 100%. Everything is a remote, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of recruitment, which I think a lot of people don't know, is about influencing our stakeholders, right? Because you know, people, when you like someone, you're going to get back to them quicker. You're going to respond. Like all of these things that we're waiting on, like it's a real juggling act, isn't it? Like, okay, what this person's availability, but if that person doesn't come back to me in time, then that availability is no longer valid. So I've got to go yeah. back again. It's so hard, you know. Um. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so hard. It's really like a constant, like, you know, it really when we think about like juggling, it's juggling, right? So it's like, okay, I've got to do this and I've got that and I've got to follow up that and that person hasn't come back to me. So plus any work that you've just got to get through for that day. So I think it's really helpful for people to understand just the sheer volume of, and yes, okay, the accent group is a, probably a pretty um, extreme example of, of pace at the moment. Well, I mean, most retail businesses well all retail businesses are facing this and like you said you're battling with everyone else who's recruiting as well because yeah everyone's hiring in in retail at the moment right so sometimes it's literally who gets to the people first correct yeah absolutely it's it's definitely a candidate's market right now there's a lot of jobs especially if we're thinking more senior roles for support office, more technical roles. Mm. There's more jobs out there for the the, cal- the talent that's got the capability for, you know, technical roles. There's, we've got a shortage of um, skills at the moment, yeah. specifically I'd say for IT and um, yeah. those areas. Yeah. Visas and sponsorships have definitely slowed down, which has made it a lot harder to recruit. Mm those more mm. specialised um, skills. Yes. So, yeah, there is um, a lot of recruitment, especially in the industry. I feel retailers have now started to repurpose their strategy and are really looking at, you know, digital and online. And if they have didn't have that, you know, last year, that's where the investment is coming in now. Mm, absolutely. And so what do you love about your role? I mean, there's so many things that, you, you know, I could reel off about that I love about recruitment, but what do you, what do you love about your role? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do. I don't really see it as, as a job. I mean, whilst yeah. it can be crazy and busy, I absolutely love it. I thrive in, in such a, you know, high pressure, fast paced environment. Yeah. I love it. But I think, you know, passion and purpose for me, um, I'd say I feel 
you know, to give someone a job is ultimately, you know, purpose when you can make someone's day or, or you know, have an impact in their career and the team mm. are happy that they've literally found the best person in the market um, to, to join us. I feel, mm. yeah, that's where I get a lot of, I guess, you know, happiness and fulfilment from doing that. Yeah, it's such a great feeling. I can't actually describe that to people, like how particularly when you know it's like really life-changing for somebody, it's, um, yeah, such an amazing feeling to, to be part of someone's career journey. What about like the biggest challenges? Because like it's obviously not all roses. It's, it's, a, it's a challenging environment to work in. Um, and like you said, I think all recruiters just really thrive on the pace of recruitment. It's definitely not for someone who wants to sit back and relax. But what are some of the specific challenges that you face in your role? Yeah, I mean, well, the challenges we'd probably have at the moment um, I wouldn't say are really challenges, you know, we're, because we're a multi-branded business, we're not um, recruiting for one brand or one organisation across the board. We almost have about, you know, 15 or 16 different businesses in a business with mm. different um, customers and, and different products and mm. in almost their own different culture because yeah. all brands um, are quite different. So. When we're going out to market and we're advertising, sometimes we've got um, all our brands in the, in, in the one shopping centre. So we could have up to 10 brands that we're recruiting in the same location. So in a way, we're cannibalising ourselves and then we're opening another two stores in that same centre for new brands. Yeah. So I think that we're competing against ourselves and sometimes that's a challenge because we're trying to find, um, you know, so many managers or or, or you know, sales assistants to join us, but we're trying to cater to the variety of the brands that we sell within the business. Mm, mm, that is, yeah, interesting. And also really dramatically cuts your candidate pool, right, in terms of where you can go tapping on shoulders because how, how much do you guys rely on ad response? I, that was something that we kind of were talking about before that sort of triggered a bit of a question in me. Like how yeah. much is it proactive reach outs versus like, you know, passive recruitment in terms of like posting an ad and people reply? Yeah, it's a bit of both. I'd say mm. um, the last few months it's a lot more proactive searching, mm. lots of mm. posts. My team are very much spending a lot of time poaching talent. Mm. We found, you know, job boards um, have declined in the response that we've had and that's not just us as a business, it's across the board purely yeah. because everyone's recruiting the same roles because mm. it's a candidate's market. So they're jumping on and they're seeing the same ads, you know, 200 times so they're mm. selective in where they're applying which is very much a change from 10 years ago yes we've got tools like linkedin and obviously seek talent search where the team mm. are very much proactive and then leveraging our networks obviously mm. our employer branding um we've got some big ambassadors across all the brands that are quite active on platforms like linkedin okay um, I think that's what um, candidates or people want to see. They want to see the culture that they want to they want to work in. Um, yeah. It's not just reading a job ad anymore. You kind of need to show people now where they're going to work. Yeah, so true. Yeah, absolutely. And I find most of the time people don't really read job advertisements from top to bottom anyway. Like, no. I could say anything. And, I mean, like 10 years ago, you'll know, like, 
I find as well, like I was working in the UK actually and we used to just get the same person applying to like every single job that we posted. We could post 60 jobs and he would apply for every single job and we were like, <laughs> I mean, it was a way to get his name remembered. I don't know if it was positively, but we were like, what is going on? Um, but, yeah, like I don't know if anyone really reads that, but you're so right. It's it's, it's about what we're doing for, for candidates now, right? Like who, what is it that we're doing that's going to benefit them? So what about um, if our listeners were thinking about a career in internal recruitment or even agency recruitment, like you've built high-performing teams, is there um, anyone that's joined you um, like new to recruitment and what kind of backgrounds work well um, coming into the recruitment industry? Yeah, no, awesome question. I love this. I mean, I, I never had any experience in recruitment and I just fell into it. Yeah, I feel you know if you've if you've worked with customers, um, it, you've got that skill that can transfer in, into a recruitment role. Um, mm. You've been on the shop floor, you've been multitasking, serving customers, and doing a number of things at once. Recruitment's yeah. pretty much the same. You're talking to candidates and talking about job opportunities and careers. My team, I uh, do have quite a few recruitment partners that have come from agency. Yeah. recruitment and that's where they've essentially started their recruitment career but uh, we've also got um you know recruitment assistants in the team that have come from uh, you know being a casual in store very similar mm. to how I yeah. started so I think you know you've you can definitely apply transferable skills from a customer experience or customer service piece and bring into yeah. recruitment if you know yeah. you can keep up I guess with the pace and the volume of you know, phone calls and all the tasks that you need to keep on top of. Um, yeah. Agency recruitment is very different to internal recruitment as well. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, agency is very much recruitment focused and you've got, you know, set calls that you need to make and mm. um, you're monitored on different KPIs. With an mm. internal recruitment team, you get exposure to, you know, payroll and HR Mm. Um, and other elements, whereas I think agency recruitment is probably more recruitment focused yes. rather than that generalist um, exposure that you get in an internal team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely um, pros, and, pros and cons with both, absolutely. And I think it sounds like agency recruiters would be set up well to come into your team simply from the diversity and the pace and all the rest of that because it's um it can be unparalleled if you're working in a really busy industry for sure yeah um you've had such an extensive career in recruitment and one that's focused on retail specifically so over the years obviously I I know that we've all talked about the sort of emergence of digital e-commerce that kind of things like what occupations have emerged like is it mainly around that or um you know any that you think are going to be coming up that are going to be big employment creators for people that they should keep an eye on yeah, obviously, you know, digital e-commerce has, has taken off in the last couple of years. It definitely yeah. areas um, from an occupation piece. Yeah. I think buying and, and probably more so planning. Um, mm. This is a conversation I have a lot with, with our planning team. Again, you know, at uni, those that are studying fashion and those types of courses don't really think about, you know, planning as a career and, um, even those in finance with a financial background, planning is very much, you know, finance focused and yeah. they they drive the product that comes to stores. Yeah. The, 
what they do, um, you know, impacts the business a lot from a from a sales piece. So I think, you know, it's an area that is up and coming. And I think now more than ever, there's probably more interest from a career piece to go into that retail planning um, yeah. area. Um, and they work very much closely with buying as well. Yeah. I mean, bu- buying... If you don't know what buying is, you can't can kind of guess. You know, buyers obviously buy the product, but the planners are the ones that set the um the the financials and um, mm. the budget essentially. Um, yeah, tell you yeah. what you can buy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they. You're so right, actually. Um, yeah, merch planners are definitely, uh, you know, demand planners. All the rest of that. It's it's such an interesting area. And I always felt like that as well. Like, I don't know about you. I was going to ask you in a minute, like, what gets the most applications? I'm relatively sure from a support office level, I would know um, from guessing. Um, But, yeah, like, I feel like there's not enough uh, light on the different pathways that are available to people in retail like there's so many um opportunities that you can move into but we don't necessarily always understand what they are or have enough visibility over those but what are the roles that everyone applies for in support office at the accent group marketing and social media right now are probably the biggest we'd get from 250 upwards of 250 applications for a marketing role after seven days of posting it Everyone wants to work in marketing. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves social media and marketing right now. That's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's either that or, or designers or buyers. I feel like everyone has like this idea of yeah. what buying is like and then they they get into it and they realise it's quite different. Um, <laughs> um, and if some of our listeners, I know some of our listeners are responsible for hiring and maybe they're just not in organisations that have an internal HR recruitment team. So, okay, thinking about your extensive experience, what are your top three insights that would help people understand how to attract the right talent to their business? Yeah, I think they've just got to... Um, really be true to their values and I guess who they are as a business and showcase that Um, yeah I mean there are a lot of small businesses who wouldn't have a internal HR recruitment team but think about your customers I would start at who's buying your product and they're the ones that you want to sell your product ultimately you want to get in front Mm. of those people so Look at the channels that you're using maybe from a marketing piece and how you're selling your products and Mm. try and find your talent that way too because they're Mm. the ones that obviously are using it or relating to it and will be able to, I guess, go on the other side and sell that to more people Mm. in the industry or in the market. Um, Start with the basics, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And so you just mentioned before that you've got like something like 1,500 vacancies. Do you post all of those on job boards? Yeah, we do. I mean, majority of those right now are sales assistants um, across all stores currently. Um, We do cluster them now by areas. So we wouldn't post, you know, 1,500 job ads. That would be insane. (laughs) Yeah, and cost a lot of money. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we group them together. I mean... You know, we're opening a lot of stores in regional locations now. Um, mm. We're exploring areas where we don't have stores currently um, and mm. when we're getting out to markets where we've never been before. So, you know, we're 
we haven't explored talent before, obviously we'd start fresh and, and post a number of ads to get ourselves mm. out there. Yeah. Um, but we do majority of the time cluster them together depending on yeah. the locations that our stores are in and the brands that are very similar to each other, you know, platypus and hype very similar in terms of yeah. products and therefore talent would be similar. Yeah. You know, the athletes foot has a specific um, profile that we want to attract because of the whole experience in terms of the fit piece that we've got. Yeah. Um, but then we've got new brands that are up and coming, you know, Star Runner and Exe, Mindful Department, yeah. Nude Lucy, very much mm. active wear, female, customer driven, and again, a very much different profile. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting, isn't it? I think as well, like, because I always try to convey, like, to job seekers about how not every role is going to be on job boards, you know, from a budget perspective, it's just not an effective strategy, um, particularly if you're not getting the response that you want. So a lot of smaller brands as well wouldn't necessarily be posting all of their jobs on job boards either. Um, what is your stance on proactive reach outs by candidates? Like, is there a right way to go about it? Yeah, 100%. I, I feel this has um, evolved over the last few years and we've got platforms, you know, on, on our fingertips now. Mm. You can literally connect with someone who's in your dream role in an instant. You can find mm. that company you've always wanted to work for and find the person who's in that role and literally send them a message on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and I'm all, I'm all for that, you know, send out a connection request, send a yeah. message introduce yourself it's it's yeah. shop initiative yeah. um but just be mindful to do it in a personalized manner because sometimes mm. you could go on a you know sending the same message out to a hundred people um <laughs> you're not really personalizing it so yeah. I think definitely showcase who you are and be authentic if you are proactively reaching out to someone yeah absolutely I and yeah I, I can't even tell you the amount of people that have commented on things on LinkedIn over my career that have just been like, give me a job. Yes, interested, contact me. And you're like, oh, you know. Um, or people that respond and just, you know, I don't know, like some people respond to reach outs and the first thing they say is, what's the salary? And I'm always like, oh, like, and that's such a valuable uh, you know, I would never downplay how important salary is. But obviously, when you go straight for that, it makes it come across like that is the most important thing to you, right? So right. it's like, within retail careers, like that's not necessarily always like the leading piece, right? So there's some things that you can say that can be that can maybe get you off on the foot that you didn't intend to. So yeah, I totally agree. It's important yeah. to think about your personal brand and how you want to come across. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about follow-up after interviews? Because I know that this is such a big piece. And I hope today that by kind of building out the context of like how big this is a beast, you know, so it's like how many interviews would happen within the Accent Group in a week, do you think? Oh, gosh, so many hundreds right now. Yeah, right, a lot, okay. A lot, a lot of um, candidates are going through interviews and the volume, I mean, the sheer volume of recruitment that we're currently experiencing is is our peak and yeah. it is taking a, a quite a bit longer to get back to everyone you know initially we would go through a couple of stages from a recruitment process so it's yeah. not just the first interview and then a hire it's generally a couple of interviews um yeah. references and then 
um, ultimately an offer. So yeah. it can take a couple of weeks from the initial interview because we are interviewing so many people at the one time. And yeah. I know the waiting game is the worst part, especially, you know, when you're out there trying to find a job and, you know, you've got radio silence after the interview and like just I want to know, I want to know. So yeah. patience, I know, is 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 hard. And yeah. in a market like now where a lot of people are looking for jobs um, and looking for an income, I'd say that waiting game is really tough. But, yeah. you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, give it one to two weeks to get an update. Yeah. And then follow up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I guess the other thing that I get a lot of questions around is if someone's looking for that step up, you know, they want to move into a more senior role, the advertisement says they've got to have two years or something like that, maybe they don't have it. Like what kind of things, and particularly right now in a candidate short market where we don't have an infinite pool of candidates and, you know, or people at the level that maybe we would ideally like them to be at. So what kind of things do you look for on an application to showcase that someone's ready for that next step? Yeah, this is an awesome question. And I um, I get this a lot from, you know, job seekers when they ask for feedback mm. when they're in um, the market looking for a role. And we don't spend a lot of time on, on resumes. I mean, if, if I had to read every word on a resume, I oh, gosh, I, I'm working 24-7. It's literally 30 seconds. Um, it's not a lot of time and I know people no. spend hours finessing their CVs, but we really look out for key achievements and um, mm. specific skills. It's mm. why job ads are tailored to, um, you know, a specific criteria. I, yeah. I know and it, it's a known fact that, you know, people would go through the criteria and, and tick off. Um, and try and tick off everything. You don't have yeah. to have everything in the job ad. No. Um, yeah. I think if you know you've got transferable skills and a lot of it are soft skills that are transferable yeah. that people would have. Yeah. From an experience piece, you know, some roles need certain degrees and, and certain experience. Um, in an environment like now, it's probably more applicable than ever because people are starting remotely. Right, So yeah. it's harder to, yeah, um, you know, have more training and development, especially if you are more junior coming into a role or wanting to take a step up because mm. a lot of teams now need that specific experience purely because of the environment that we're in at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah. I, I would say making sure that you're reading the criteria. Um, you know, we do get a lot of applications that have absolutely no experience and, and, and sometimes it's have you read the role or are you just applying to see you know, what I can land or mm, mm-hmm. apply yeah. for everything like that candidate you mentioned earlier. <laughs> There's a few of them floating around, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and actually, that brings me to a really good point, okay, because I've worked agency, I've worked internal, um, and CV formats is always a really interesting one that comes up. Now, my personal stance is... I recommend people, if they're sending their CV to someone directly, then you can send your fancy Canva or Photoshop or Illustrator version. But if you're sending it to like a job board or a big group, they're going to be using some form of software to help them process all those applications. So what kind of form, yeah. does that matter to you, the format of the document? Is there an yeah. easier one? Um, 
I mean, you know, people upload CVs, PDF or Word yeah. or will use Canva for, I guess, their templates. And you're right, it does depend how it gets translated and what ATS we are using. And yeah. de- depending on the upload, it can come, um, you know, really disorganised and you've gone yes. to effort, but it's really how the system's translating it across. Yeah, I, I'd say definitely keep it short and sharp and concise. You don't have to list every detail or job description of every role that you've done. Yes. You know, key standouts and achievements is ultimately what we would be looking at and skills. Cover letters is another question that comes up a lot. Um, Yeah. Probably the great debate between recruiters, cover letter or no cover letter. Industries are all different. Um, I have to say if you've got a professional summary on your CV, you don't really need a cover letter. And I'm probably making controversial statement where other industries would probably disagree. <laughs> yeah, look, I am so the same. I, I agree. I, I think, and this is what I, I tell people, like get a good, like if someone asks for a cover letter, get a good like base for a cover letter and then just tweak it for that role because I know no one is reading it. I was like, there's yeah. just no way. Like we, like I know from when I worked in, in, you know, an agency, I'd work on sort of, yeah, 80 roles. There's no way I could read every single cover letter. Like not, I think sometimes in particularly in Australia, cover letters are used as maybe like a, like a, a hoop to jump through to make sure that you really want the job. Like so back, mm-hmm. but maybe not so relevant anymore because, um, yeah, I'm certainly an advocate for simplifying the recruitment process. I know that there's a lot of places that are focusing on video um, applications and things like that. I think just make it as easy as possible for people to apply because, um, yeah, we don't get the same volume of applicants that we're used to, right? So I think when it was like, uh, you know, a thousand people applying for a job, well, I'll make them write a cover letter so that I can make sure they're serious about applying for this job. But it, I agree, it might not be so relevant anymore. Like, yeah, focus yeah. on the actual document because that's what people are going to read. Um, and you're a big advocate for LinkedIn. Obviously, I was stalking you on LinkedIn and I could see, obviously, you've got like, you've been helping people with their LinkedIn's. Mm-hmm. And I have a really big opinion on, you know, I love LinkedIn. I think it's such an amazing platform. And like you said, the if I had that, um, you know, access to that capability when I started my career, that would have been an absolute game changer. Do you think, like, what do you think about the uptake of um, retail professionals on, their, on LinkedIn in Australia? Do you feel like we're harnessing the capability of the platform? Yeah, I feel like the retail industry on LinkedIn has grown. It's definitely, you know, in the last five years, the talent pool has grown a lot. And I think businesses and, and, um, you know, uh, showcasing their brand and their culture, there's definitely been involvement. Um, I I still think there's quite a bit to go um, from a retail lens. Obviously, Mm. other industries are probably more active and leading the way. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't say retail is top um, or the most popular industry yeah. in Australia, yeah. um, but it's, it's definitely come a long way. I mean, I absolutely love it. I spent way too much time on LinkedIn. Me too. Social. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. But I feel like recruitment professionals, you know, people are like, oh, I check my LinkedIn like once a month. I'm like, 
Okay. I check mine every hour. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Sometimes I'm probably too much, you know, even late yeah. at night looking for talent, you know, if you can't sleep 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it sounds like we, we are very similar. <laughs> um, and so if someone wants to check out a job at the Accent Group, like where should they head? Like where where is everything kind of advertised and tells you about the culture of the business? Yeah, definitely head to our website, um, mm. accentgr.com.au. We've got a careers yeah. page that's set up. We've got all our brands. We advertise all our opportunities on there um, mm-hmm. across all our brand pages and all our websites as well. So all mm. the, the brands that we have, we've got career pages on each of those. Yeah. Um, we won't put all our jobs on job boards like you mentioned earlier, but they're always on our brand pages and our careers pages. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. What an amazing career and such an awesome role that you have. And I hope everyone appreciates, obviously, just how busy you are with everything that's going on. And so we just wanted to really thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It was honestly super cool. I loved I loved our chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it too. You just tuned in to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got some great insight from today's podcast. Of course, I do work as a private career coach, a career strategist, and a recruitment expert to the fashion industry. But of course, anyone outside of that industry is welcome to join us as well. If you would like to connect with me personally about being a guest on Beyond the Shop Floor podcast or you would like to work with me in some capacity, you can email me at ange at thetalentmill.com.au and that's ange with an E or you can hang out with me on any of the social media platforms. Of course, we love a good little LinkedIn hang um, or you can find me on Instagram at thetalentmill.com. AU or be on the shop floor podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.